That's what it sounded like in Saskatoon at the rededication and reopening ceremony for the historic Congregation Agudas Israel Synagogue building. Soprano Jardena Gertler Jaffe arranged and then sang the Hashkivenu prayer. She has strong ties to the city. About 175 people came out to the ceremony on Friday afternoon, June 23rd, as the president, Kevin Scharf, blew shofar, congregants carried the Torah in a procession, and the guests of honor, his parents, Sherwood and Elaine Scharf, who were the lead donors to the building campaign, stood under the chuppah canopy and cut the ribbon. About 175 people came out to the ceremony Friday afternoon, June 23rd, as the president, Kevin Scharf, blew shofar, then congregants carried the Torahs in a procession, and the guests of honor, his parents, Sherwood and Elaine Scharf, who were the lead donors to the building project, stood under the chuppah and cut the ribbon. Although the census says there are about a 1,000 people in Saskatoon who come from Jewish stock, the synagogue has about 100 member families. But size isn't what counts, they say. It's how active and engaged the Jewish community is that convinced officials to build this field of dreams. We've got donations from people that were connected here that now live in Israel, Europe, uh, everywhere. So, yeah, there's a connection here and it's real. Uh, and people want to see this place survive. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, July the 6th, 2023. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. The Agudas Israel Building and Community Center isn't the only game in town for the city's Jewish community. There is a small breakaway congregation called Or Chadash, and there's Chabad. But the Agudas Israel history dates back over a hundred years to about 1912 when it opened a synagogue, an Orthodox synagogue, to serve the first Jewish families in Saskatchewan. As the population grew in the 30s and 40s, they needed more space. And in 1958, the new building was officially opened where it sits today. But in six decades, the place sure needed a lot of work to get it up to code and to boost security after a firebombing destroyed the library about 20 years ago. Construction started before COVID, and then the pandemic hit and lockdowns delayed everything. Now they're celebrating their redone center, which they see as a bastion of Judaism in a region of Canada otherwise devoid of it. I spoke with Kevin Scharf, the synagogue's president, and with Grant Scharfstein, his cousin, who headed up the multi-million dollar international fundraising campaign. Well, Mazel Tov, congratulations on a wonderful weekend. I'm sure we're speaking just hours after it's over. You're probably still, you know, on a high talking about it, right? Yeah, I know it, it went very well. We were very excited about hosting the event and, and the numbers of people that came out. It, it was a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Now, a lot of people who aren't from Saskatoon might not know that your synagogue has been under renovations for a long time. And we did a story back in May 2021, I think it was, that was you were still in the middle of it. Let's go and talk specifically about what you had to do. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Grant speak to that because he he uh, shouldered the burn of burden of much of that walkthrough over the last five six years. Uh, well, it started. We started in night in two thousand fifteen actually to put together a plan, and uh, we started it when about two thousand nineteen I think we started the work. The timing could not have been worse. Uh, we got started only to be hit by COVID uh, very quickly thereafter. So. We were out of the building completely for two or three or four months. Then it was restricted how many people could be in at a time. 
Uh, we ran into a few hurdles. One of them was that the building was full of asbestos. Of course, having built it in 1958, everything had asbestos. We had no idea the volume of asbestos that was in there, but we basically were set another three months back just because uh, the uh, removal of the asbestos had to occur. And then, of course, with COVID and prices rising, costs went up. We originally budgeted about $3.2 million uh, for the renovation. Uh, we actually raised among 200-plus individuals, both current members, past members, and friends of the congregation, about uh, $3.2 million. The actual cost ended up coming in about $3.8 million uh, with some extra expenses, the asbestos, a new roof that we didn't budget for. But we got it all done and uh, got it reopened, um, operated for a bit and decided, okay, let's do a grand reopening and, and get it moving. Kevin, do you want to jump in a little bit on that? It was a real challenge. But, you know, all the while we did everything we could to keep our community together, Zoom and other. And I, I think, look, the last weekend is a, is a summary of, you know, a consequence of extraordinary efforts by everyone to make sure not only we stayed together, but I, I think in so many ways we ended up stronger. Like it was an extraordinary weekend. And um, we're all, I think, very proud of what we together accomplished, especially in the last year and a half coming back together because of this, in addition to this renovation. So your building was closed, right? Yes, our building was completely closed down. Uh, we found a church that could accommodate our Hebrew school. So uh, we were able to do our Hebrew school in, in some rooms they had there. And uh, there was a seniors facility in town that had a, a room that we could hold services in. So that, that worked out very well. And so when were you able to go back like soft, quietly into the synagogue and start using again? I mean, before the big official, what you did this week? Boy, I'm trying to remember. It would have been 21, early 22. Right, because I know like Rabbi Claudio's uh, son had a bar mitzvah. There was like a bunch of bar mitzvah kids, but that was all on Zoom still. You know, we, did, we did it quite a lot during COVID, during the pandemic, absent a facility, um, as though we did have one. We did, we did services, we did learning, um, we did bar mitzvahs, we, we did a whole bunch of different things through Zoom, like I'm sure many other synagogues did. But, you know, when you're in a, a small community like ours, it's special to know that many people continue to attend online. And um, so we, we battled through. Okay, let's talk specifically about the community center, because... It's the same building or is it a site? Like, tell me how it actually is. I haven't been, I'm sorry, no one's invited me to speak in Saskatoon yet. <laughs> well, hopefully we can welcome you eventually. If I may, I'll just quickly, I think maybe I'll just touch on that. So the naming of the community center is, of course, my, my parents, um, what, what they wanted. Um, you know, from as far as they're concerned, and I can speak, I guess, firsthand to this because I've talked about this with them often, they always felt this to be Saskatoon's Jewish Community Centre. They really, from the moment they moved here, they sought comfort somewhere, and it was toward the synagogue, where they could find the rabbi, Hebrew school, and other things that, they, that were really important to their life. And from then, they always just felt this, and a lot of our members in this city feel this is the centre for Jewish people. And just as going forward, as with the renovation, they really wanted to also just officially help call it that, Grant, what do you think? Yeah, and it, it, of course, it has a sanctuary for our services. has a huge hall now that we can seat for a sit-down dinner, about 200, 225 people. Um, it has, our Hebrew school is housed there. Uh, the offices, we have a mikvah, I think one of only two in the province. I don't, yeah, I think Regina has one. So it, it, it's a full-service uh, community center and synagogue uh, that is utilized uh, almost daily for events. And I know Jewish people aren't supposed to count numbers. 
of people. But tell me a bit about the size of the community. Is it growing? Uh, so what are you seeing? I, I think we, we kind of go through the ebb and flow of every other um, synagogue, Jewish community center based on population ups and downs in the Jewish community. And for a while, we were kind of getting a bit smaller or stagnant. But in the last few years, we've really grown. People moving to Saskatoon, the community is growing, people choosing Judaism. So we have just around 100 member units. And we have equal rep- we have a good representation if we have any kind of general community event. We do the Holocaust memorial service. We do uh, potluck Rosh Hashanah dinner. We do Saturday services. We do movie night. We do a book night, book club. Um, we've done cycling club. We try to do a lot of things to engage both members and non-members. Can you get a minion every Shabbos? Every Shabbos. We, our community is, I guess to put it bluntly, we're tiny compared to what they're used to in Toronto. But we punch way over our weight. We, um, the things that we have going on in our community, uh, the number of events, if you go through an annual calendar to see what we do, uh, and that's a tribute to all of the people that are here, and, and they're all, by and large, volunteers. We're tremendously active. Uh, the best thing is, you know, you talk to non-Jewish people, they think there's five or 10,000 Jews in the city of Saskatoon. But we're talking 150. Uh, but that's because we're active, again, not just in the Jewish community, but in the overall community as well. So what does it mean in terms of the investment? It's a daunting task, but... It's also a bet. It's, it's, it's a bet. It's a risk to put so much effort into a building. And I'm only saying this because here in Toronto and, and other parts, especially in the States, a lot of conservative synagogues are amalgamating. They have real estate and there's no one coming. So how do you guys face this challenge? I remember some very significant discussions and debates at the board level. 2012, 13, 14, 15, do we want to spend three or four million dollars to renovate this? Will we even have a community in six months or five years or ten years? And I think we ended up with a philosophy from Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. And the community is growing a bit. It's a different community than than what we currently have, and it will be different. Uh, it's We're a different community than, than our parents had. There's no reason it can't continue to succeed. And, and here's the difference between Jews here and Jews in Toronto. It's very easy to be a Jew in Toronto. You got kosher restaurants. You got lots of synagogues. You got lots of events going on, you know, in relation to the Jewish community. It's difficult to be a Jew here. We work at it. We have to work very hard. And I think it's because we work very hard that we will continue to thrive can I predict the future? No. God willing. And you know, I, Ellen, if you don't mind, I'm just going to add to, you know, what we found in the last year, we've made such a concerted effort to reunite and plan more and engage more and have, we've had more volunteers being a part of what we're doing this year than we've had in years gone by, even pre-COVID. We've had, I would say, not less than, say, six major events in the last eight months, and we haven't had fewer than 65 to 75 people attend each one of them. And we continue to get, and these are these are general events, either Jewish holiday or we have a continued book club. No, book club doesn't get 65 people. There are synagogues in Toronto that would kill for that. Yeah, it's really special. So when we always talk about kind of, you know, where are we going and how are we going to stay, stay ourselves? I, I think we're doing an exceptional job at that. And we, we look at a minion of only 12 people and we say, we only have 12? Well, then we look at, you know, larger cities and they only have 17. <laughs> and then we look at our big events and we say, well, we only had 150, 178. Well, others only have 179. So it, it just speaks to how connected our community feels with one another and to this building and to its past. And 
and, and we're hoping to its future. When we first started this project, there was a lot of people who threw cold water on it saying, you'll never raise the money you need. You got a hundred families. There's no way this is going to happen. And uh, we were three quarters away to our target of 3.2 million in the first nine months. Uh, Grant, I want to pick up on something you said. You said our community is different than what it was and it's changing. And then, Kevin, you said there's a lot of people who choose Judaism. Can you unpack what that looks like to me? Who are your members? The, the difference between my, my generation and my father's generation and my son's generation, my father's generation, there was no question or issue about belonging to the community. They didn't care what the community did or could give back. They were there to support the community. My generation seems to be a bit like that, but not as much. Younger people, they want something from their community. They, they, they you know, it's, it's a matter with them of, you know, what, what can you provide to me? And that's why we have to keep on top of it and make sure we're giving our members something that they want. Um, and we're forever looking at those issues and evolving around those issues. So do you have Ukrainian refugees? Do you have people from Argentina? Do you have Israelis? Do you have Jews by choice? How, how, who are they? Yeah, we, I think in Saskatoon, we, we have all of that, just far fewer than you would in any other city. And you, saw, you talked about the big things, the non-sexy things, well, asbestos and a roof. But did you guys also do some things like gender bathrooms or LED or anything that we should know, green stuff? Yeah, the, the whole HVAC system, entirely brand new. The plumbing, everything was redone from scratch, uh, upgraded so that it's all energy efficient. Uh, we have gender neutral uh, washrooms uh, that have worked out very well. Um, so we were conscious, our designers that we that assisted us with it are very conscious of those kinds of things. And, and were it not for the fact that the cost was out exorbitant, we'd even put solar panels in the roof. But that got a bit out of hand as far as cost. So you had this big event, you had the Simcha, you had the Klezmer. And what did it mean to you to be there? What did it feel like, Kevin, to be... I mean, you put it all together, but then when you were there... It was, it was kind of overwhelming, a little bit surreal. Uh, and so it was, it was quite a moving moment for my parents, for all of us. And, and I think, again, with all the effort that everyone's been making to get back together this past year, our rabbi committed, was committed full-time during the pandemic to provide continuing education. Our other volunteers were continuing to be available, were available full-time to give whatever our members needed and to cap it all off with this reunited, uh, strong stance was a special moment for all of us. You're getting a little emotional there. Well, it was a big deal. You know, Grant um, worked so hard, you know, and he pushed to make sure this happened no matter what. I mean that admirably. Just everyone was a part of this rebuild. And I... It was quite um, a special occasion for all of us. And now what's left to do? Continue to raise more money and bring people in. <laughs> yeah, raise more money because we've still got a bit of a hole we got to dig out of and uh, get people in and, and give them an experience that they can enjoy. And, you know, we're, we're not unlike any other synagogue, Jewish Community Center across the country. We run, our fuel is donations. And, you know, that's sort of now we have to continue to put that head on and be respectful of where everyone's at. Being, uh, being charitable is very personal, um, and it's something we continue to look forward to growing with. So you don't charge dues? It's all donations? We do. We do charge dues. It's, it's, it's a quasi-volunteer kind of due structure. We, we expect people to pay their dues, but um, we, we do. Of course, there are dues. Because you mentioned in one of your printed letters that you just didn't charge people for the two years in the pandemic, and you weren't being, you know, you were being very lenient about that. That was a choice we made, the board decided to make during those times because of the, you know, 
very unusual economic circumstances that individuals, families, and businesses were overwhelmed by. So we felt that the right thing was to put that on pause. You know, that, that came with some real financial consequence. But it was something we were aware of. We accepted that. And I would say, on the balance, we, we believe we are better off because of that. We, we were used, used empathy and sympathy as their, our guiding light. And now we have to kind of go forward. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. You can go to the links in our show notes to find out more about the Renault Project and to donate. Today's listener shout-out goes to Jerry Posner. He wrote in to describe what the whole opening ceremony was like. And we'll end the episode with a little bit more of what it sounded like at the festivities. Thanks to Malvina Rapko for the audio. Have a great weekend, and thanks for listening to the CJN Daily. Mm-hmm.